the title of the lesson, the I'm preaching on idolatry again today. Liberated from idolatry. Isaiah the 44th chapter. And we've been in that chapter and we see if we read about the graven images and the things the people were made, it's, and that's uh, throughout it. It has indications of, let me, uh, let me just pull a verse out there. It says, um, verse 7, and, and, he, and who, as I shall call, and shall declare it and set in order for me, since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Verse 8, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee from that time I have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. They that make a graven image are all of them vanity and delectable and detestable. Things shall not profit, and they are their own witnesses. Or see not, know not, uh, that they may be ashamed. Who had formed the God a molding a graven image that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his fellows shall be ashamed, and the workmen they are all of men. Let them all be gathered together, let them stand up. Yea, they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smith with the tongs, both work it in the coals, and fashion it with hammers, and work it with the strength of his arms. Yes, he is hungry, and his strength fail it. He drinketh no water, and is faint. The carpenter stretched out his rule, he marked it with a line. He fitted it with planes, and he marked it out with compasses. And make it after the figure of a man, according to the beauty of a man, that they remain in the house. And just keep on reading. But throughout this chapter, it's talking about the things that people are doing, making idols or graven images of things that they worship that are really not gods. He said there be many gods, many. In other words, people are making these as their gods, little g things that they worship or that take up their time or consume places that God should take in their lives. Israel was given to idolatry. Judah was given to idolatry. We as a nation, as a people today, are given to idolatry. There's, this nation is worse in idolatry than the children of Israel were during their time. Idolatry leads to captivity. Now, if he had redeemed us, he had blotted off out, out our sins and transgressions. Uh, that was verse 22. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me, for I have redeemed thee. If he had redeemed thee, sing, O ye heavens, for the Lord had done it. Shout, ye lower parts of the earth. Break forth in the singing, ye mountains, O forests, and everything therein. For the Lord had redeemed Jacob and glorified himself in Israel. He had bought us back from the worship, uh, from the sins we had wherein that these things had us bound. Why do a lot of us seek to be bound again? If he had liberated us from these things, we have to get that mindset that we are free from all of these things and that we shouldn't allow them to bring us back into bondage again. Like I said, there are many graven images today 
and it's not as those that they had during that time. I was a more, much more complicated, especially with Christian people. That you see, some people can't go nowhere without Christian music, you know. And the the people nowadays and all the songs, eighty five, maybe 95, 90 to ninety five percent of it is, is leads you into idolatry. It causes a religious influence that's wrong or incorrect. Music is one of the biggest things that leads people into idolatry today. Television would be another thing. A graven image that we sit there and watch. I heard y'all talking about some of the pictures that come on or whatever. When we be captivated by these, they pass by being entertainment or something that just amuses momentarily. When they get to the point of these things consume our time to where we're not redeeming the time for God, it has become an idol. There's a lot of people sit there and watch sports. That's another idol. That's the number. I think it may have surpassed music in some areas. People flock to sports, and that's the number one thing, one of the things in the world that's the most costly of all. It consumes time and the people are wearing the people's jerseys and namesakes and everything but that's the battlefield right there that's that, that like i say the nation and the world is given to idolatry entertainment people in other words stars sexuality sexual immorality sexual immorality is idolatry we're given to sex nowadays everything is about has a sexual connotation of their sexual immorality involved. The so-called Republican Party, the people of family values or whatever, there's a guy that's running for the Senate seat, Herschel Walker, that says he's he's a pro-abortion or whatever, but he's finding out where he's been paid for a couple of abortions or whatever. He has children by several different women or whatever. But this is their so-called family values candidate. It's laughable for what we call Christian nowadays. What this nation called Christians is very laughable. It's pathetic, really, the reason we mourn and sign crime for this nation. No wonder it's in idolatry. No wonder God tell us to come out of Babylon, to come out of Babylon. This is our Babylon that we're in. Christ had redeemed us. Why do we seek to be yoked up with the world? He tells us, love not the world or the things of the world. We go back into captivity to where God had freed us from, to wallow in the muck and the mire. The book of Ezekiel, the 8th chapter and the 17th verse says, He said to me, Do you see this, son of man? Is it too slight a thing for the house of Judah to commit repulsive acts which they have committed here? that they have filled the land with violence and repeatedly provoked me to anger, and behold, they are putting a branch before the nose. Reading that in the Living Bible says, Have you seen this? He asked, Is it nothing to the people of Judah that they commit these terrible sins, leading the whole nation into idolatry, thumbing their noses at me, and arousing my fury against them? 
Therefore, I will deal with them in fury. I will neither pity nor spare. And though they scream for mercy, I will not listen. We're to that point to where he just read in Isaiah chapter 10 about the hypocritical nation, about the garden, the vineyard that he destroyed. Because we as a people are thumbing our noses at God because it's better off those that are not in churches. That's why I say I, I would prefer some of my children not be in church instead of being in church and being a hypocrite, which is much worse. To know what God says and to blaspheme in God or to fight against or not walk in the truth, yet acknowledging and saying that you are of God, you'll be beaten with few more, with many more stripes. You're in a much worse condition to, than those that stayed home and don't go to church. The ones that you talk about it, the ones that they thought Zacchaeus was a horrible sinner, a repulsive sinner, but Zacchaeus was in a better condition of shape than they were, and he spiritually received Christ and redeemed and was redeemed by Jesus Christ and received salvation, whereas those that were so-called Pharisees or holy or Christians, they were the ones that were on the outside. They were the Laodiceans. The branch he means is probably the god Asherah, uh, or the tree of the wooden pole that stood for the fertility goddess. It was a light to churches and things today. A lot of people don't realize when they have the steeples and things up on the churches, you see the steeples and things. I don't, that's a phallic symbol. In other words, that's a fertility symbol of the, of the cult, the fertility rites of the high places or whatever. That's really, that's idolatry, those steeples and things and those which you see on those churches, those were signs that the high places had. Those were symbols of pagan power. We don't realize what we're doing or what we're building, the idolatry that we've built in this nation or that we build into our places of worship. God says that their wickedness was the same as sticking that idol and what they were doing right in his face, right in his nose. Here's Christmas. This is his birthday. There's no such thing, but now you want to palm the hand at God and say this is the day he was born and this is how we worship God. Shouldn't God destroy such a people as, as that that foster their own religion and their own ways of worship? God had commended to us the way of worship and how to worship. Those that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Christmas is not part of that truth. So we have an idolatrous religious influence which is prevalent in this nation. Missionaries have carried it throughout the world or whatever. God's people are single out that hear the word and know and can parse the truth. And they put together the truth and they come out of the places of, of the world or God know where they are. God knows those that are His. We need to understand what they were committing, the idolatry in private. In private. And that's what we see in this nation, especially. Uh, it's not so much the Democratic Party that flaunts it, it's the Republican Party that flaunts this. I told you about what her name Marjorie T. 
Caleb Green or whatever her name is, and uh, Sarah Palin and a couple of more other political ladies that are so-called Republican, Christian, conservative. The husband's divorcing them after 25, 30, or 40 years of marriage. Has to be a problem in that marriage. Has to be a problem with those individuals. None of the none of none of the two stick out as anything Christian that I would see that's Christian. Loud and boisterous and prideful and violent and have tendencies that are unladylike, unlike Sarah. They said the Bible tells us to be a Sarah, but most women follow after that type woman there, and that's the reason the nation is in the fix that it's in. Paul that said, Let your women keep silence in church or place a place as Sarah did with Abraham. But it's much different today and the men are much different. We've inverted the way of worship in a family life. The men are not standing to be men, but in the privacy of our own home. We don't know how many of these people in the chat rooms and in messengers and YouTube and pornography that's coming into the homes and just what's going on in the privacy of their own homes, what they can do. The vices that are carried forth, and that's what they were doing here. A lot of them, and during that time, it was the Pharisees. They were hypocritical. They would say one thing and do another. In their minds, they thought it did not make any difference, that it wasn't hurting anybody as long as it's just it's a hidden sin. In other words, it's doing you no harm, but what's done in the dark has to come to the light. Because if it's wrong, if it's immorally wrong, if it's placing images, if it's destroying the inner man, it's destructive because it's not your body and you're not allowed to view or carry on in different ways. Because what you are when you by yourself or alone really that's where integrity begins at. That's who you actually are, who you are away from other people. Because you can put on a facade around other people and be different. So be careful of that with people today. If nobody could see them doing it, they thought, hey, I'm getting away with the perfect crime. I can have my cake and eat it too. As with the tax evasions and a lot of the political things that coming out today, is that it's, the church is full of scoundrels these days. And we see that on the political scene that has invaded the church. This Trojan horse has come into the church and it's in the guise. It looks like the Republican Party has brought it in larger than what they call the liberal Democrats of the left. It's worse in that party because... I would rather a snake that's out in the open than a snake that's in the grass. Yeah. Yes. It's more deadly of the snake that's in the grass than the snake that you can see. I can go to the temple and look like I'm really somebody in the community, but this week, I don't know if you've seen it on the news channel or whatever, where this young man was selling drugs and things out of the church. $75,000 worth of drugs and uh, what's fentanyl and all types of drugs in his father's church. So there's no sacredness yeah. to the people today. It has been profane. And the things that go on with the churches, the scandals that's 
rocked the Roman Catholic Church, the sexual abuse that has taken place, and they would shift a priest around or ship him off or something. All of this was done under the cover of the guise of protecting the individuals or to protect. But sometimes your rights and what's hidden, we have to, like I said, a cultivation is coming, an uncovering. You remember I said the difference between cult and un- occult? We need to uncover some of this stuff because you can't cover over. It has to be washed away. God has to convert it. He has to make a removal of it. That's why he doesn't take your heart. He gives you a new heart. He don't want that old heart. It can't be eradicated. Does it make any difference? It makes a great difference to God. He was offended by what they were doing and what was going on. In this context, these people were in captivity because of what they were doing. It was a matter of cause and effect. They hadn't truly been born again. They hadn't been redeemed uh, because he says, repent and turn unto me. A repentance and a turning away from these things is not allowing them to keep continue on. Remember I said, shall we continue in sin that grace shall have been? No, we have to depart from iniquity. We have to not do these things. You can't keep your sin. You can't embrace the world and embrace God. You can't. He says it's impossible to serve two masters. You, 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 he says you shall have no other God before me. So anything that God forbids or that contaminates the individual contaminates the body of Christ. He says, can you make the body of God with a harlot? No, you you can't do these things. Your work, uh, your duty is to be purging yourself, mortifying the deeds of the body. In other words, dying to self. That's the number one idol today is self. Self gratification. Self pleasure. Serving the self, self-justification, covetousness, materialism. That's the idolatry patch that we hadn't been liberated from. And if we've been redeemed, it should liberate us from self that we should be dying to self. We should die daily. We should abdicate the throne. We should put Christ on the throne. He should be on the throne of our lives and in the throne of our heart. He comes first. Anything that's not like him, we ask him to help us to put it to death or get rid of it. To purge it full from us. These idols, we can't keep resurrecting and bringing them back or hold on to them. We have to go on to perfection. And that means overcoming. And if he redeems us, then that's a liberating effect. It gives us liberty in Christ Jesus we shouldn't be in bondage to any of the things in the world. And His Spirit, through the walk of faith, helps us to overcome all of those things. He's our He's He's who we appeal to in in our prayer and communications, and His Spirit working in us to guide us and lead us in all truth. We should abdicate all darkness, anything that beckons of idolatry. We have to get rid of because we know no idolater shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I said cause and effect. 
what they sowed earn captivity and what we've sown or what we're sowing we reap we what we sow we reap idolatry and a lack of faith idolatry shows a lack of faith in the book of exodus the 32nd chapter 6 to the 10th verse is when they made the graven the golden calves and they asked Aaron to make a god to go before they wanted a God that they can see. They wanted something tangible. Actually, what they wanted was to control God. And we're not a patient people. The Spirit's not working in us to develop patience in us. It should be. That, that's the Spirit's job. But we suppress the Spirit. We suppress the truth in unrighteousness. In unrighteousness. That that we know is right, we suppress that. Instead of liberating that and appealing to that and asking God to make that significant in our lives, we set it aside for our idols, our graven images. Let me just watch this game. Let me just watch this movie. Or let me do this for my spouse or my children or whatever. And now you didn't relegated God to second place. He says, anything that's before me, that's an idol. You should have no other gods before me. So you should even deny your own self. You should have to get up maybe if you have to get up early to, to do your prayer and your reading or whatever. That's a sacrifice that's necessary to be made. Because he has to come forth. For whatever it is that strengthens him in your life, we need to die to that thing that's weakening him, weakening him in our lives because that's a graven image. It's we're crafting that. We're making it molding that image and it's not in the spirit. See, the spirit has to make these things in our life and he's making us or creating us in his image and his likeness and that calls for us to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow after him. Moses was gone less than 40 days when the Israelites fashioned a calf of mold and gold to substitute for the invisible creator God. You can't see God, but as he, if he tells us we're always there, consider talking to him. Stir up the spirit that's within you. When you're feeling alone, when you're feeling, so, sing songs or meditate on his word day and night, knowing though you don't feel him, that, that he's still there. That's what happened to Satan. Iniquity had separated him from God, and so he sought other entertainment. He sought other vices. He sought other things to replace God and that's what we do we put things in our lives to entertain us and to we we need something to console us because like I say the way man is created he's created to worship and if you're not worshiping gods you worship in other gods because they have came before gods and they say there be many gods Luji. but he said he's the one and only true God so we should always give him first place in our lives. So if we're not giving him first place in our lives, if we have a void, if we can't feel God, and it's not about a feeling, that people don't have feelings. So sometimes you may not feel this way. Like some people, I don't feel like I'm married. Well, you are if you, you signed the wedding papers and you took the vows and that, whether you feel like it or not. But... Sometimes you have to stir that up. You have to stir it up. So 
read your Bible. Get out your Bible and read your Bible. Talk to God. On you get on your knees. It says, "Cease not to pray." Praying always, you can communicate with God. He He has that channel open, and He tells us to talk to Him all the time. He never leaves us or forsakes us. So you can't say God had left you because He's not abdicate the throne. He doesn't go back on His word or His promises. You have those promises of God. So they couldn't see God. They couldn't see. They did that. In their own minds, they had reduced God to something that they could control and call upon when it's convenient. We want you to make gods that go before us, gods that we can see. Well, faith is walking without sight. If you walk by faith and not by sight, that we depending and trusting upon his word. We have faith in what he has said. His spirit strengthens us through that way, through faith. Grace, by grace, through faith. Those who were penitent were ashamed at what they had done, but there are some people, they bear no shame. They can do anything and dress any kind of way. You know, some people ought to be ashamed of the clothes that they have on. I think some young men and women, you ought to be ashamed of those words that are coming out of your mouth. You're talking about rap music or some kind of music. You ought to be ashamed to say those before God or to say those in a world that you know. If you're a Christian, you know God hears all things. He even in your thoughts, all of the thoughts, he says, bring the thoughts in the captivity and obedience of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So why would you sit there thinking of all these things of place nudity or lasciviousness or place these things before your eyes that on television or or in these places that put thoughts in your mind that shouldn't be there. We have to realize that God's Spirit is telling us to get rid of these things. If you have to chop off your hand, it's better to chop off your hand or cut out, pluck out your eye than for the whole body to enter into hell so it would be better to throw your television away, throw the computer away. Whatever is causing the problem, we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of that. God, God is more precious than all these other things. So whatever is causing or placing itself before, it was in a year Isaiah died before Isaiah saw the Lord. So it was the individual before him. If your spouse, if your children or anything stopping from you from seeing God, move those little gods out of the way. Move those things out of the way so that you can see God. Zacchaeus said, let me run and climb this tree because all of these other people are hindering me. I'm of short and I'm of a small stature. But if I have to climb a tree, I need to see Jesus. What are you doing in your life to see Jesus? Remove all of the idols, all of that stuff out of the way. You have to build God an altar, and it's liberating in Christ Jesus, and you'll do greater works, he says. The penalty for bondage, the penalty for bondage. Ezekiel, the second chapter and the third verse, he says, And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet. And I heard him that spake unto me, And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that had rebelled against me. And they and their fathers have transgressed against me, 
even until this day, even until this day, this nation is continually transgressing against God, just as the children of Israel did. Now, Ezekiel was a prophet of the captivity, so Israel had went into captivity and Judah was being taken away a hundred years later, and that's where he would they would transport him from Babylon to back to sea. But it was a great injustice that had went throughout that perennial lineage. In other words, fathers and sons, the whole generations had transgressed again. The context of the book is primarily addressed to Israel, which was already in captivity. And when this was written, Israel and Judah went into captivity at separate times. You remember Israel went first, Assyria took Israel in. Ezekiel was a young man, was supposed to be a priest or whatever, but God made him a prophet just as Jeremiah thought he would be a priest. Ezekiel was a priest of the captivity. You remember, he was in Babylon. Judah went into captivity 120 years after Israel went into captivity. The mess of, of Ezekiel was written while the captivity of their, while the cause of their captivity was continuing in Judah. They had carried him away. And you remember Ezekiel has things the way he called them Sodom and Gomorrah. He called Israel and Judah Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know the destruction of Gomorrah. If you would read Ezekiel, you'll see the main reason of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And it wasn't Sodom, a homosexuality. It was satiety, fullness of bread. In other words, it, it is just like it is now. Tailgating, people with money and pleasure and all of these idolatrous things. It, it wasn't just homosexuality. It was fullness of bread as we are at this day. Wealth and prosperity. That was the problem. The reason he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. If you read Ezekiel, that's why he calls them Sodom and Gomorrah metaphorically. Israel and Judah was called Sodom and Gomorrah. But the reason Israel went into captivity was the idolatry and the things that Amos had addressed to them. And some 120 years later, Judah went into captivity for the same things. But their political leaders was even worse because these was where the priests from the northern tribes had migrated down to Judah because they didn't want to be involved in golden calf worship with Jeroboam. And so they had came down there, but Judah had become even more corrupt and it was because of the sins of Manasseh. You remember Hezekiah's son Manasseh who reigned some 50-some years and the people were totally corrupt. It's like this nation that's totally corrupt. Ezekiel exposes what caused them to go into captivity. Idolatry and Sabbath day breaking. That's why the captivity was 70 years because it was to pay for those 70 years of the Sabbaths each year that they didn't observe Sabbath was a 10 year thing. So it was 70 years that they would stay in captivity for breaking the Sabbath. The days of worship, whether it's Saturday or Sunday now, 
it is given over to sports. Today it's the Cowboys or the Saints or whatever football team's playing. Saturday is whatever college team playing. But the weekend is given to sports. It Those things permeate society today to whereas churches build their Sunday or their worship around Super Bowl Sunday now. They bring the televisions and all of these things in. That's what God's competing against. Well, are you coming to watch television or do you want to watch God? Do you want to hear from God? So we, we've advocated one thing, but we've shown to be great idolatrous in the very thing that we advocate against. Dealing with worship of God, wherein lies a penalty for not coming to the house of God. Okay, you remember I told you God punishes those that come and that are hypocritical. But those that don't worship God, you remember I say it's got those that don't come to the house of God? That you you're not saved there. Because if Jesus died for you, you're ignoring the whole purpose of him coming in. Right? Zechariah 14, chapter 16 through the 21st verse. It shall come to pass that everyone that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, and to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up for all of the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even unto them shall be no rain. And if the family if and if the family of Egypt go not up and come not that they have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to the Feast of Tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to the, keep the Feast of Tabernacles. In that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord, and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and in Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts, and all they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and seek therein. And in that day there shall be no more of the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. Herein is a past example of what it would be during the millennial reign of the time of God. Not a geographical Jerusalem because the whole earth would be the mountain of the Lord. We would go and it says, let us go up into the house of the Lord and learn of him and teaching of him. Those that don't go up will have a curse and plagues upon them because it's only holiness unto the Lord. But it won't be any false worship or any falseness. It says the Canaanite in the house of the Lord because the apostasy, the falling away from the church and in the end times the day of the Lord judgment begins at the house of God and as Jesus cleared the temple of the money changes to illustrate this in the in his time he will cleanse the house of God he'll be in fought against the church in the book of Revelation you'll see that it's five churches and he says he'll come and fight against the church he's going to purge the body of Christ he's going to purge the church to where his holiness in the church and his word will be taught throughout and it won't be any deception because Satan will be cast out. It'll be a time when the line lay down with the lamb. A time of millennial reign is what chapter 40, 
for is about about the idolatry that's in the land that ceased in the house of God, but he's rectifying the problem in that the whole earth is becoming the kingdom of the Lord because his word is being taught. Satan's word is not being taught. The devil is not allowed to deceive the nations. But what's going on that's wicked or that's not right, it's the individual themselves. In other words, you can't blame it on Satan. It's just the depravity of men, those that love darkness. So those that love and go up to the house of God and worship God will be blessed. Rain is a sign. If you remember I told you before Manasseh, before you have Ephraim, you have Manasseh that helps you to forget. Well, if you've been redeemed, if you left all idolatry aside, if you purge yourself from all those, God's going to rain down blessings upon you in prosperity, and by His stripes you're healed. So all of these things coming unto us in health and prosperity, and we, we will walk in the abundance of what Jesus had promised us. So we have to be rid of ourselves of sexual immorality, which is idolatry. We have to rid ourselves of covetousness, which is idolatry. All of these things that of idolatry has to be purged out. It has to be denied. It has to be cast off. We have to perfect ourselves. And the Spirit helps us to do this. The Spirit is what washes us and cleanses us. It sanctifies us. It's what sets us apart. That's actual doers of God's word. But I passed through this morning and seen so many churches and so many congregations, but how many in those churches are actually serious and working to rid themselves of these things or it's just a veneer, it's just something they do. It's that this morning, Sunday, and I have to go to church on Sunday. How many is it actually changing? That they effectively going in there, hungering and thirsting for God, knowing that the day that they're going to be different than they was yesterday, and that the coming week they're going to be much more because they're growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that's much more light to repel the evil that's in the world. But it has caused me to be able to humble myself under the mighty hand of God and go out and carry the word of God. He says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. That which God has given to me, I go out and give it to others that day. I give it to others that day. And my prayer is helping bring my house, my children, closer to God because I have lifted up that banner. He says, I'll save you and your whole household. Is that what he did for Rahab? He says, I pour out my spirit upon your sons and daughters. The hearts of the fathers turn to the sons and the hearts of the sons turn to the fathers. He's going to show us what real fatherhood is. Now the thing that got to a lot of the supporters of this guy the other day, this guy that's running to senators, is his, one of his sons was on one of the social media outlets. I don't know if it's TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or whatever these things is. I don't follow any of that. But he was calling his own daddy and this is the son talking to the father. Dad, you're a hypocrite. You left us. You didn't take care of your family. You was raising another family and the woman that you was going with you got her to have an abortion and you wasn't at home with your children. You got three or four. And this is his son telling him that. We got a problem in the nation. 
if those are the people that we elect. If that's what we're having to lead the nation. And I think the black community should see that that's not what true fatherhood is. Now we are letting other people foster this on that that's what we're looking at in the African American community that some sports hero can let his rivers of water flow throughout the nation and have women by all different children to different things that advocate one thing and be another. We got a problem if that's what's going on in the nation. That's why I say we should mourn inside for the nation. That's hypocritical. That's hypocritical of the Republican Party. It's hypocritical of both. That's why it says nation against nation, ethnics against ethnics, because I think it's wrong. Since Judah went into captivity 120 years after Israel, and Ezekiel was a Jew in Babylonian captivity, Ezekiel's message never reached the house of Israel. But why was the Old Testament written? was for our admonition. It was for us that the ends of the earth that this would fall on. We would see what God was saying because it's the same God we serve. He doesn't change. The main body of Israelites had already begun their lengthy migrations toward the north. As a matter of fact, that's what they call the lost tribes of Israel. They were lost. That idolatry, Jeroboam started the golden calf worship, which I was telling you about. Moses made the golden calves and later on come golden calf the the he changed the Sabbath and he did all these things and he had the golden calves and Dan and Bathsheba or something so he made religion easy that's what we're doing today we're making religion easy casual come as you are you don't have to do this you don't have to do this and they're making religion a social gospel uh it's just easy. You don't have to give up, and it caters to whatever you're doing, whether you're in a bar somewhere, they have the bar ministries, they have the biker ministries, they have the rappers. They, they make it religion. Wherever you at religion, God needs you that bad that he's become to you. doesn't seem that that's the gospel of the Bible. doesn't seem like this is the most exclusive thing that we can have is the gospel of God because it puts a difference between that which is holy and that which is not holy. Therefore what we see in the book of Ezekiel is an account by God through the prophet Ezekiel of past history, events occurring as Ezekiel wrote, plus what is prophesied to happen, things that are being fulfilled today past, present, and future. That's how we have to, that's why we have the Old Testament, so we can learn. If we don't learn history, we're destined to repeat it. We have to learn from their mistakes. Bondage. I was telling you about the people and the leaders. Ezekiel here and again, the 20th chapter and the 21st verse. Notwithstanding the children rebel against me, they walk not in my statutes neither kept my judgments to do them, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. They polluted my Sabbaths. Then I said, I would pour out my fear upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. You remember all of their carcasses was going to drop in the wilderness. God's word is foremost to us all. 
It is sacred. Paul said the law is holy, pure, and righteous, and just. It is what's right. But we have to have the righteousness of Jesus Christ to be able to walk in that. And he says his statutes and judgments, we should, if a man lives, we should walk in them. So we need Christ, we need the Spirit of God in us to help lead us and guide us in all those truths. To be actual doers of God's Word. Ezekiel appears in the midst of God's charge that he was sending Israel into captivity because of idolatry and Sabbath breaking. And that thus the 70 years given to Judah that they would be in Babylon. And remember I told you, Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, he spoke of that 70 years and it was Daniel reading the book of Jeremiah as to when he, that he knew that the captivity was going to end after 70 years and we see him praying at that end of that 70 years because he knew it was time of restoration back to the land. There are three possibilities regarding Israel's Sabbath breaking. They rejected God's Sabbath for another day entirely. As the world, we've changed God's Sabbath and when they went into Egypt, they forgot the Sabbath and that was one of the Ten Commandments remember the Sabbath. He didn't create any new commandments. The Sabbath had been here ever since the beginning of creation. He was the God of creation. He had established the Sabbath. But now, through the Roman Catholic Church and the other churches, we have a different Sabbath day. Right? Sunday is their day of worship. But we're not going to parse too many P's behind that right now what we're looking at. He says they polluted what they did have of God's true Sabbath by careless, self-centered observance. And like I said, the days of Easter, Christmas, and all of these things here, we just go put these, hang them up on air hooks. They're detrimental, but we'll pull them down a little bit later. We're not going to store them in the closet. That's what happened with idols sometimes. You have to leave some things in God's Word right over here. You can figure it out later after you learn a little bit more. Some things we learn later on. We don't, we don't throw it away or put it away. It's like Jesus said, said He would come back at a more convenient time. You might not understand this now, but further on you may understand it better. A lot of us think we, I can tell or somebody can tell them So You might not understand this and you might not ever get it. And others may get it. So don't think you can get everything. But it's something God may make plain to others. And that's what's been happening in life. Some completely rejected it because, like I say, some people completely reject both days. They don't go to Saturday and Sunday. <laughs> so I'm not going to church at all. So it's not an argument of what day they worship. They don't go to church either. <laughs> Whichever it was, it was a reason God had hollered that day or whatever. But that's not the argument right now that we're concentrating on. We're talking about idolatry here. Amos the sixth, the fourth chapter, six through the twelfth verse says, "I also gave you cleanness of teeth because of." Uh, he gave them famine in all the cities and a lack of bread in all your places. Yet you have not returned to me in repentance, says the Lord. 
furthermore, I withheld rain from you when there were still three months until harvest. Then I would send rain on one city, and on another city I would not send rain. One piece of ground was rained on while the part not rained on would be dried up. So the people of the two, three of these two or three cities would stagger into one city to drink water, but would not be satisfied. Yet you have not returned unto me, says the Lord. Uh, and you continue to read that. I don't want to spend too much time on reading all those scriptures or whatever. But what happens is a lot of us don't make a correlation to what's going on in the world. Just like the hurricane here in Florida and the natural disasters and things that's going on in the world, the wars and things, we're not making a correlation with our evil or with our idolatry or what we're doing in life. The religion is a lot of Christian people try to blame it all on abortion, on robot versus Wade. I don't know what their hobby horse would be now that they've advocated a, a change that would Roe versus Wade or whatever. But see, it wasn't the idea of Roe versus Wade. It was sexual immorality. And from what I've been seeing over the years, look like they lead the nation, Republicans lead the nation in sexual immorality. So it wasn't abortion. Before you could abort a baby, you have to have them. So if you wasn't living in sexual immorality, you wouldn't have to abort them. So, so you looking at the consequences. See, you look at trying to fight the cause, the consequences of the cause. Behaviors have consequences, and that's what we're looking at here. Just like the way this nation has done in their fight against true and the hypocrisy, it has consequences, and now it has to face those consequences. But it can endure the consequences to come because the sin is so great. You understand what I'm saying? Israel's sin was so great that they were a lost tribe. Judah went into captivity. Well, the church, God ended up sending Jesus Christ, and he chose a Gentile bride. So that throwed all of that out to wonder. And now he has a Gentile bride. He has the church. It's a different working in. Actions have reactions. Causes have effects. This is a law of nature that many moderns have sadly forgotten. Or in their hubris, they believe that they can mitigate. We think that we can mitigate some of the causes of things that we're doing. We see this in health. We've seen this during the pandemic or whatever. And because of the rationalization and sort-sightedness, God works on a far larger canvas when it comes to teaching humanity lessons. And sometimes even the destruction of whole nations and millions of people fail to impress truth upon some. When, I don't know if this nation, the people are not focusing on what Russia's doing in Ukraine. But that's at the heart of the matter. If you remember Vittman, Colonel Vittman, the Marine that had told during the Trump administration that they were withholding weapons and ammunition and things from Ukraine and that he favored Russia. And see, all of those in 
And informa much information we have, how many people are, are noticing about the atrocities and inhumane treatment the Ukrainians are receiving right now? A devastation of a whole nation. A smaller nation. And the things that's going on in the world, we have not our head in the sand. We have our head in the air. It's too much going on for us to even care. You understand what I mean? We're not caring. And when, in other words, we don't have an understanding. We're so entangled in the world's affairs, the things of the world, in self. They'll re-elect they elect politicians because the price of gas is say. <laughs> or how the economy doing. Be careful of those things. If those things, the material things drive you, the destabilization of those things could come by God because he wants to see who are those that are materialists, who are material people. There's a lot of wisdom in God's word, but I think that's what's lacking among the people nowadays is common sense. Common sense is the problem. We can see this in his dealings with Israel. Israel was just like the United States. At one time, there was a prosperous, a, a thriving nation under Solomon. Very prosperous. The wisest natural man that ever lived, one of the wealthiest men. But didn't he bring about the destruction and the division of Israel? That's the reason the ten tribes was divided, was because of Solomon. That's the reason the division came. Look at the base of what Solomon did. It was sexual immorality. God painted him a visit and a dream twice. It says, watch it, Solomon. Those women will draw your heart away from me. This nation is in the same boat today. Same boat. Same boat. Through Amos, God shows us that he uses natural disasters to show his displeasure. Wildfires, crime, all of the things that's going on. There is no answer. There is no And like who you want to like, it's not going help. It's not going help. You can listen to these preachers and things about some great revival. All you want to. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Judgment is befalling us. These acts of God occur on a scale so immense that man's activities have no effect on him. That's a shaking of the foundation. When God begins to shake the foundation, when he begins to unplug all of these things, the deceptiveness of idolatry is being made manifest his people. That's why it says it's a greater life. That's why he's pouring out his spirits because a lot of God's children through chastening, through punishment, through the sword. He said he was going to punish him with the sword. Through calamity it drives his people home. That's why he says I create evil and I create calamities. Sometimes that's what it takes to get you back in the nest. That's what it takes to get you back in the house. Sometime it takes that. It, it took breaking the, the wasteful son for him to eat out of a hog pen before he decided to go back home and act right to say he was wrong. Hosea 10 and 1. 
Before I go into Hosea 10 and 1, I'm going to mark that for Wednesday, and we'll start there. But believe me, idolatry is not preached or taught on enough, especially in this day and time, because there's no nation, I feel, uh, no time in, in history of the world whereas the whole world is given to idolatry and Satan who deceived the whole world, this deception comes to idolatry. Heavenly Father, 